0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our, in our offense.
1: Come to tackle, take the defensive
2: end. If he's over the attack. drive down the first man inside. Pull back and get him, Take the first man outside the offense. No one goes, go right by them and feel this side. If the Y-N has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the Y-N has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play we we're trying to get a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send a message to access at gmail.com. You can text the show at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay on this beautiful, beautiful Victory Monday. I'm really excited to kind of dive into some of the PFF grades. And we got a couple videos to show you as well, one from uh, Packers.com. Uh, just kind of their Packers daily recap, if you will. But uh, we got the chat already filling up. Tim, how you doing today, buddy?
0: Feeling good, man. Victory Monday is here. It's It's been a while. I like this feeling. Let's, uh, let's keep it rolling.
2: Hanging out up here in the loft of Lambeau Field. You know how it is, right? Yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> I like that. That's a nice shot right there.
2: Yeah, that really is, man. We got a really cool picture of me, Jacob, Seth Ruder, and uh, who else? Uh, no, it was just us three. Yeah, me, Jacob, and Seth up here in this very spot, man, that – that is the place to be pregame. You go up there and watch the flyover, Tim. Oh, it is amazing.
0: Dude. Yeah, I got to do that. That's a, that's a Lambeau bucket list for sure. I, I'm slowly, slowly checking things off as as I settle in up here. So that's uh, definitely something I want to add to the list.
2: Yeah, definitely. I um, just want to give a shout-out to everybody in the chat. Got a herd in here already. We got Omer in the chat, Zane Strong, Romero. We got Josh Martin, Larry back in the house. What's up, Larry? Good to see you, buddy. United Bates, Mark, Deadfish. Uh, Mike Hebering in here, aka the the Packers super fan. Uh, appreciate you guys swinging through. We got a question for you right off the bat, Tim. Look at this, Omar says, Tim, you're the stats guy. Are Packers the most inept team in the history of the NFL in short yardage? <laughs> it's like every time this team is uh, third or fourth and one yard to go, they choke. I'd like to know where they stack up. It's uh, it's kind of a tough look, right, Tim? Those those sneaks yesterday. Granted, I don't. I still don't know what to think about the penalty. Did anybody ever explain it, to him? Was it legit penalty or? Oh, you're muted, brother.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm technically I'm not really a stats guy. I mean, I am. I am. I'm actually the. I'm more of the feels guy. I'm. I'm in my feels all the time. <laughs> I, I, I fan with my heart. Um, I was telling Clayton um, that I'm getting better at fanning with my brain as I get older. Um, but no stats are important and they do tell us a lot. Um, but I definitely, Omer's got a point. Um, I don't know about most inept in the history of the national football league. Um, but you know, recently it does seem like those, those, uh, third and fourth and ones or twos or shorts, whatever we want to call them. Um, they do seem to kind of quote unquote choke, uh, whether it's a personnel issue. Um, play clock running down we got to burn a timeout now we can't go for it or we get a penalty now we have to punt um or my favorite it's fourth and one and we're throwing the ball 47 <laughs> yards down the field um so you know omer's got a point um i would like to look at the numbers i guess maybe we can maybe we can uh, take some time and do that um I, I i'd be curious to see where they stack up as well but i will tell you this um at least they attempted um what they attempted. I I mentioned this yesterday on the post game that I've been waiting for that opportunity after not converting on a third and short to just hustle up to that line and get, get a play off and catch them sleeping. And, uh, we almost did it a couple of times. So I'm just happy to see it. It shows some, uh, it shows some fire from our team and it shows a little fire from coach LaFleur there, uh, with the play call. I like that decisiveness. Um, you know, zero hesitation. Uh, I, I would just like to know what the heck happened there. Uh, Runyon, I guess, had made a comment that he's he's been lining up there, you know, pretty consistently.
1: <laughs> Since he was in fifth grade. Right,
0: right. <laughs> now, I will tell you this, though. You know, I caught some of uh, the Dallas and uh, Philly, Philly game, and I caught a little bit of uh, Bengals-Bills. And it did look to me like their offensive linemen were further back on a lot of these, on a lot of these sets, uh, set further back from the, uh, from the ball. So I don't know if that's just a team thing, a preference thing, uh, um, you know, uh, maybe it's a protection or a, or a blocking assignment thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Uh, I've heard, I mean, I'm sure Mike wall could shed some light on this. Uh, he, he, he would be someone to definitely, uh, ask what his thoughts are on that. Um, but yeah, yeah. man, we got to clean it up when we're getting, we're getting those type of uh, situations because, you know, that cost us. Those those killed our drives. You know, yeah. we I, I wholeheartedly believe we would have converted at least one, if not both of those uh, in that situation had things gone a little bit better.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And you could see that they, you know, they they were going to get it. And Jordan Love looks like he can run the sneak pretty good. That's the first time I've seen him run it, you know, in this game. It, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think I've ever seen him run a sneak before. I could have missed it. But, uh, yeah, Brent, thank you for the uh, the super sticker, buddy. We appreciate you supporting the stream, man. Um, let's kind of go back to the top here and see what else we got. Saying Strong, what up, PTA Posse? Happy Victory Monday. Yeah. Um, Romero, hello all. Go, pack, go. I appreciate you swinging through. Like I said, Larry in the house. Good evening, PTA Posse. Um, back to Victory Monday, says Mark. Uh, Dead Fish, hello, Posse. Still so happy. So many young players made plays on Sunday yeah. and some old ones, too. They showed up and showed out, man. And, and, and immediately people were trying to, you know, well, it's the Rams. They're bad. You know, I'll tell you this that offense came out and pretty much dominated. And we'll talk about the PFF grades here in a minute. Um, you know, they come out pretty much dominated. You know, Aaron Donald was on the field. Like, <laughs> let's not pretend like this, uh, this Rams team is completely void of talent, right? Um, yeah. Have arguably the best defensive player in the league, if not, you know, top three. But, you know, it's just. It's such a tired argument when people – like they don't acknowledge that the difference between the worst team and the best team is like this in the NFL. I mean, look at the Broncos beating the Chiefs. And when you Definitely. say they were – Pat Mahomes was sick. Okay, let's let's think of another excuse that <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like any given Sunday, anything can happen. Now, as far as the officials calling that that penalty, the first thing that came into my mind – uh, when I woke up this morning, Tim, and I was kind of thinking about it again In the conversation we had about it on the post-game show was, what better game to pick to put emphasis on it than a couple teams who are struggling, and this game probably doesn't matter to 99% of NFL fans. right? So that did cross my mind, right, wrong, or indifferent. I kind of think that might have had something to to do with it for sure. But uh, So John
0: Runyon Jr.'s dad is on the competition committee? or on the on the rules committee is that am i hearing yeah. this correct yeah so so i'm wondering was this like the old i want to i want to <laughs> show that i'm not playing favorites and we're going to pick on my son <laughs> in the game yeah. like
2: it's just such I, an odd thing i don't know. know it's such an odd thing for them to mention on the telecast right, right. it was like why why would you even say that like <laughs> but anyway you know how that goes yeah. Um, I like this right here Brent X being optimistic he says if we go two and two in the next four which would be a tough feat I think we would all agree and I'm sure Brent would too um he said is the the entire the entire one not showing up here let's see here we will is all I got here okay there it is if we go two and two in the next four here's the the rest of it okay we will be playing the Bears to get in the playoffs week 18. I'll tell you this if we go two and two in the next four, we do find ourselves in playoff contention the last three or four weeks. To me, that's a successful season. That's a fun season during a rebuilding year. During a yeah. we're trying to reset and all these young guys getting snaps and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I like your optimism, Brent, for sure. Um, uh, Ryan Henson says, Go Pack Go. Good to be good to be back after a win. Love it, love it, love it, man. Number one Packer fan. Don't give a crap about a backup quarterback. There it got a dub. I promise you this, if they beat us, they wouldn't have cared that we had so many injuries either, right? That's, That's right. That's it works, so. um, All right, I like this. Really like this. Zane Strong said, you ain't even got to spell his name right. It don't matter. Joe <laughs> Berry, the real MVP. We'll take it, man. We'll take it. Then he said, Josh Myers balled out. I'm making my – I'm halfway through the second pass through the tape. Um, Josh Myers hasn't popped to me, but, hey, you know, to each their own, Zane. Um, I haven't really keyed in on him much. I'm, I'm trying to key in on the plays that, you know, were specific to the scoring drives and really what, what plays for Chalk Talk. I try to do the plays that had the, the biggest impact on the game, you know. Um, I did see a couple of snaps where I felt like he held his own, but uh, I haven't looked at the whole thing. We'll, like I said, we'll discuss the PFF grades for sure um here we go we got dead fish says how about on third and short bring ryan and caleb jones in hey there you go dude we get gotta there. get
0: caleb in pads though for one of these games he's over there wearing a hoodie <laughs>
2: yeah I'd,
0: I'd love to see him get out there that'd be great
2: he's got he's such a big human being mike hebring uh in the chat says it's the eagles rule did eagles actually get called for offsides at all this season uh i don't think they have um but again going back to my point mike and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying this is kind of how it feels to me. Um, you know, they are they get the best record in the league, right? So if they come out and try to enf- uh, put the emphasis on them, then everybody's going to say, oh, well, it's rigged. They're trying to hold the best team back. They're trying to hold the team back that has perfected it, and they're just being biased, all those things, right? Um, yeah, I don't think they've been called on it to the best of my knowledge. But, again, I haven't watched their tape. Uh, I do know that on that right side, you could tell the right guard was – Fur, uh, was further up than the left guard and the left tackle, although the left tackle got called for it incorrectly. <laughs> but it did look a little bit like, okay, he's definitely closer than all the other linemen, but it just blows my mind that I've watched football for so long and never noticed that. So, uh, Chris Ann in the chat says, Clayton, Tim, did you see Ryan opening up some running lanes? Maybe he could help the running game a bit at right guard. Um, I did see that on a couple of plays where he helped, uh, double down. And um dude's a hoss. He was moving bodies. There's no doubt about it. That was a good sign, right? Now, can he pass block? That's the question, right? And it was weird because, I mean, it wasn't weird in that regard. Ryan goes out of the game, right? Or I'm sorry, uh, Runyon goes out of the game. Ryan comes in, I think, for 15 snaps. And then, you know, Runyon's right back in. So, it wasn't like a huge sample size. But on the left side, Tim, I don't know if you noticed this, but at left tackle, pretty much a split amount of uh, snaps for – both Yash and Rasheed Walker, and they both played really well. And that kind of caught me off guard. Like, did one of them get banged up? Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah so-
0: it was yeah, it was. Yash had something with the bat. And so that's yeah. when we started seeing Sheed getting peppered in. And then to Rasheed Walker's credit, yeah, he stepped up and played much better football than he played last week, clearly, which is what got him pulled anyway. So yeah. uh, it was good to see him go out there. And, uh, yeah, we didn't really look like we, you know, offensively that we missed a beat. And uh, I believe Sean Ryan um, it was only two snaps. I think that he played, but uh, they were two memorable snaps because again, a guy was asked to step in there. And I and now, what's going on with Jenkins? Is that is that why we saw Ryan at uh, at left guard? Did we have Elton? Did Elton tweak something too? Because I, I think he ended up back in the game as well. So injury report will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, to say the least this week. So
2: uh, we'll definitely have that tomorrow for sure. yeah. yeah. Mike um, Hebring in the chat said Josh Myers had a sixty four point one PFF grade not exactly balling out. Um, let's see, there was another one in here. Ryan needs a chance Nope. okay, let's see Quay and McDuffie look good for the future. I agree. you know, obviously Quay didn't play yesterday, but McDuffie really did. he he showed up, showed out. Um, Devondre Campbell, too, though, guys, I was kind of peeking ahead at the season grades now. Devondre Campbell is now your highest graded defender, according to PFF on the year. So don't rule him out. And He's under contract for, I think, the next three or four years. So, hey, yeah. it's a good problem to have to know that you got McDuffie in your back pocket. if Somebody gets banged up. Right. So um, nothing wrong with having depth. That's for sure. So. All right, let's do this. Let's waste no time. Let's get into PFF grades, Tim. I'm going to skim over real quick the rankings, okay? These are the team rankings um, for the entire league. And you'll notice that the Packers climbed up a little bit. They are now in the 18th spot at 76.0. They're right behind Vegas at 76.5. Washington at 77.8. The Jets at 78.0. And the Texans at seventy nine point two, along with the Jaguars at seventy nine point two. So when you look at that, the week or not the week by week, but the the uh, the team PFF rankings, we're eighteenth in the NFL and we're the tenth highest graded team in the NFC. Now you guys know seven teams get in from each conference, so that kind of shows you we're not the bottom of the barrel, right? We're we're starting to sneak up as far as PFF is concerned. It, listen, I'm not saying it's the tell all end all. I'm just saying according to PFF, they think we're the tenth best team in the NFC. So you're starting to creep up on that playoff cusp, which is really, really cool and kind of goes with uh, with what Brent said about, hey, man, what if you go two and two these next four and put yourself in a position to possibly make the playoffs? But anything stick out to you there, uh, Tim, as far as the uh, rankings, you feel like that's pretty accurate or what do you think?
0: I do. And I think we're creeping up. That's a great point. Um, it's nice to see green across the board. <laughs> I like that. Um, and it's also nice, uh, not to get off on a tangent here, but as we see the Raiders right up underneath us there, uh, it's nice to see how we handled, um, our victory yesterday after mm. the game, as opposed to how the Raiders handled their, their victory over the, I believe they played the giants. I yeah. mean that I, they're not even mid grade. Uh, team so if we want to if we want to talk about you know uh, caliber of victory I mean the Raiders were smoking stogies in the locker room after their game like they just won the
1: Super Bowl or something. yeah
0: and, and our guys were banding together getting game balls from their coach so you know maybe just maybe it ain't as bad as we thought <laughs> at 1265 and that guys are coming together Um, but yeah, I think these, these grades are, um, a really good indicator of what we're seeing right now, which is the pack finally got, got themselves trending in the right direction and it shows and, you know, hanging around the bottom of that top 20 is, I I feel is fair. I think it's accurate.
2: Yeah, I agree. And you know, the big thing that sticks out to me, you immediately go, okay, what's the big weakness, right? The big weakness is run blocking at a 54.6. What's the strength? The highest grade across the board is coverage at 82.0. So that's pretty exciting stuff there just to kind of show you, okay, people say this team doesn't have an identity. They have an identity. People just don't want to recognize it. When when people, attend, when they say, oh, this team doesn't have an identity, they're trying to stamp whether well, they're a run-heavy team or they're a pass-heavy team or they're this or they're that. The answer is there. People don't want to hear it. The identity of this football team is they're a defensive football team. Yeah, okay. People don't want to accept it. Now, listen, I'm not saying they're a great defensive team. I'm not saying that they're even very good. But the thing that they do better than anything else is play defense. You know, there's uh, let's see, there's a comment here in the chat, actually. Ryan Henson said the defense has given up less than 20 most of the time. Offense is our issue. Yep. And, and, again, Ryan, I'm not saying that about the defense, to point the finger at the offense, although I completely agree with you there. I mean, the facts are the facts. But people don't want to acknowledge it, man that this defense is starting to really turn it on and they're not as bad as people would want them to be to justify firing Joe Barry. Now I guarantee in the comments right now, Tim, it'll be fire Joe Barry. <laughs> and if they do, I'm not sitting here saying I disagree with it. I think there are better candidates out there, but when I watch the tape and you see the strength of this team, we got bigger problems than Joe Barry. I'm sorry. Um, but again, People, you know, fan how you want to fan is totally cool, right? Let's go to the week by week grades here, Tim. Um, just to kind of see what the team has done week by week, we'll start in week one. We'll just go overall grade. So against Chicago, 75.7, against the Falcons, 65.9, the Saints, 67.9, the Lions, 64.1, the Raiders, 67.1, the Broncos, 63.3, the Vikings, 63.6, and then against the Rams, 81.5. Hands down, best performance of the year offensively their best offensive performance as well to 76.0 best passing grade at a 76.3 by far uh pass blocking 72.3 not their best but definitely in the top what three or four uh games this year so pretty solid there receiving grade look at the improvement there Tim uh it's not their highest grade their their highest receiving grade was a 73.9 against the Falcons in week two but yesterday a 70.3 these receivers really responded they really did um especially against you know the the previous week there with the Vikings at a 54.9 running grade 71.5 run blocking 69.3 by far their best run blocking game of the season that's exciting uh defensive grade 77.3 by far not by far but their best defensive grade of the year Um, The only other one that comes close is Chicago at a 77.0, so really big improvement there. Run defense, 76.7. Tim, look at the last two games. Against the Vikings, their run defense was 85.0. Against the Rams yesterday, 76.7. Tackle grade, 80.8. That's their second highest of the year. Pass rush, 55.6. That was their worst pass rush game of the year, and we still ended up winning by 17 points. That's pretty pretty exciting. Coverage grade eighty three point six by far their best coverage grade of the year after the Rasul Douglas trade. Pretty cool stuff there. Uh, special teams seventy seven point four. That's their second highest on the year. What do you think about all those numbers there, Tim? And it, I mean, we, I told, I said yesterday on the post game show. I know you agreed. I know uh, uh, Emilio agreed. This was a step in the right direction. Um, when I go back and watch the tape, I'm starting to see what PFF seen. I didn't expect it to be this big of a jump but the fog of war lifts and it's like, you know what, man, it's a pretty good ball game right here. They played a pretty, pretty sound fundamentally, you know, strong game outside of the penalties early. Um, they turned it on pretty strong. What do you think, man?
0: Again, nice to see green across the board and, and more importantly, no red, no gross red PFF grades (laughs) this week at all. I, I think you're right. Relatively, uh, You know, I I don't want to say mistake free because there were mistakes, but, you know, like you said, it was mostly these little penalties and, you know, just little boneheaded moves uh, or inadvertent stuff. You had Rashawn with the face mask, you know, things like that that just kind of happen. They're part of the game. Um, But uh, as far as execution, man, this team, they executed and, uh, you know, holding teams under 20. I've said this numerous times that I believe that you should win those games. Uh, you know, you, yeah. we have we have an offense that if, you know, they can put a couple of touchdowns and a and a field goal on the board, it could be enough to get it done. And, um, you know, kudos to our defense. Um, but you see what happens when we uh, when we do play some complimentary football. We had a defense giving that ball back to our offense and an offense that finally put some drives together mm-hmm. and uh, got us on the board. So, yeah, we're we're trending in the right direction. You know, a victory coming up here in Pittsburgh is going to be huge for momentum and then watch out chargers and yeah, the lions and the chiefs. I don't care. You know, if we go on a three game win streak, I would not, I wouldn't want to face us right now, a young hot team. So this is the first step in that direction. You know, you can't put a streak together until you get that one. And we got it. We got the monkey off our back for sure.
2: Definitely. And the big thing that sticks out to me about yesterday's game, Tim, like I, I don't know if I've seen one sift block. And when I mean sift, they did short motion a couple of times that I noticed, which basically accomplishes the same thing that a sift block does. But with a sift, you're snapping the ball. Then they're coming across a formation that really can throw things out of whack. You can see LaFleur's adjusting. You're seeing less pulling linemen. You're seeing more zone runs. I didn't notice any duo yesterday. The A.J. Dillon run, I thought it might have been duo, but it was definitely inside zone. There was a double to the second level, but it definitely wasn't double-double duo. Um, I didn't see anything vertical as far as a vertical power game. Right. Um, really like the way LaFleur's calling calling the game now, and he's still got a little bit of trickery in there. And, again, you guys mm-hmm. have heard me be critical. of. I'll go ahead and pull this off here. First of all, Ryan Henson said, less than 20 a game is an elite defense. Yes, the teams are weak, but at least it's a start. Yep. I, you know – I wouldn't say that they're elite, and I'm not saying you're saying that. Although, look at here, told you, number one Packer fan, fire him anyway, LOL. <laughs> um, you know, I wouldn't say that they're elite by no stretch of the imagination. However, um, I, do, uh, I do think they're trending in the right direction. I mean, just look at it here. When you look at it one more time, the defensive grades, it's one of the highlights of the season. Chicago, 77.0, right? Took a step back against the Falcons, 60.9 then 74.2 against the saints took a step back against the lions 57.4 then a 70.8 against the Raiders 59 against the Broncos. And now look at the last two games, 72.3 against the Vikings yep. 77.3 against the Rams starting to create some, a little bit of momentum there. So uh, we're going to come back to the PFF grades. Let's get to the chat here real quick. Uh, Mike Hebering with the super chat. Thank you, buddy said nineteen point nine points per game is now 10th in the league. Good stat there. Appreciate it, Mike. Yep. Um, Starting to climb. listen. We played a weak part of our schedule, right? You guys know. I, you, you heard what I just said. I think that that's this team's identity is they're a great cover team, and they're a team that uh that's going to play bend but don't break defense and always give your offense a chance to win the ball game, right? Not that they're dominant or anything. I'm not saying that. But with that being said, we're getting a test coming up now. Immediately, people think there's no chance we beat the Steelers. Listen, I think it's tough to go into Pittsburgh and win, especially against that defense. But Kenny Pickett is actually graded out lower than Jordan Love is. So all this flack that Jordan Love's catching about how he's underperforming this and that, Kenny Pickett's having a worse season than Jordan Love, according to PFF. So keep that in mind, right? We go in there, we commit to stopping the run, and we can get something going against this defense somehow, some way, uh, not play into their hand of – they love to score. That defense will score on you, right? Every great defense does. But, Mike, thank you for the super chat, buddy. We really appreciate it, man. I've got another one here, too, from Mike. Mike's on fire. Now offense, 20.0. So technically they are an offensive team. If you're looking at points alone. Yeah. But let me ask you this, Mike, how many times did you see us turn the ball over inside our own 30 yard line? Right. And that leads to points almost automatically. Yep. So
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Keep your ride-or-die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only? Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase.
2: That's on the offense, right? So I think it's pretty neck and neck, but when I turn on the tape, I don't go – let me ask you this, Mike. When you turn on the tape, right, and you watch the game, do you go, man, this is the defense's fault, or do you say, man, this is the offense's fault? Me personally, if I had to point the finger, which I don't like to do, it's on the offense 90% of the time this season. So to me, that makes it a a defensive team. Now that 20 20 points per game, too, think about – um, how many times that we've gotten turnovers on the other side of the other side of the 50, right? Like you've seen it yesterday, right, us getting the ball back. Um, we, we're not a team that's going to create a whole lot of turnovers, at least not this year, because there's been a ton of drop interceptions. I think of the Rudy Ford pick early in the year that we didn't convert to points, right? Um, all those things kind of come into factor for sure. I love the points per play. Points per play and yards per play, to me, in my opinion, are the most important statistics. You take those in conjunction with points per game that you're allowing, kind of tells the whole story. I'm not a big DVOA fan, personally. I feel like the people that that lean on DVOA is, you know, it's, it's the, the thing that gets me about DVOA, and I've asked this question before, and maybe there's an answer out there. I've ne- never had anybody answer it for me. If the DVOA is adjusted to – Kind of take into consideration how good the offense is that you just played or that you've already played. What if that offense turns it on later in the year? Then that DVOA earlier in the year didn't even matter, right? It's the over in the overall scheme of things. Um, by season's end, is okay. How many yards per player you given up? How many points per player you given up? That's to me. That's that's what's huge in the gambling community, and I just tend to agree with it. But Mike, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. It is nice to know that the offense is up to twenty points per game. You know. That's uh that's pretty cool. So um Josh Martin, thank you for the super chat. He said we finally went simple and look how we did. Great. Run the ball, protect the ball, right, Tim? That's what it comes down to, dude.
0: That's right. And you know, we had a you know, we had a sloppy game, not not us, you know, as a team, but weather conditions, you know. So we knew there was gonna be some slipping and sliding. Like I, I at least I did. I fully expected, you know, us to see exactly what we saw. But I agree with what Josh is saying, you know, keep it simple, stupid, right? You know, and (laughs) then guess what? And guess what happened later on in that game? We brought in some complexity and we we ran a couple of those nice patented Matt LaFleur calls and we, you know, got a beautiful touchdown to to Luke Musgrave on on one of them. So, um, but then of course, you know, we had great touchdown from uh, Aaron Jones too. Simple, simple run up the middle. Yep. So, you know, that's what we want to see. Right. You know, that that illusion of complexity when you need it rather than guys just being confused all the time. So,
2: yeah, definitely. Here's a cool end zone shot of that touchdown you were talking about. Just straight up the middle zone run. Yep. Got to love the dance here. I'd never be able to do that in my whole white life. Look at these guys. <laughs> I got so much swag.
0: <laughs> that's that's the uh, one of the originals right there. I believe that was one of Aaron Jones's first uh, yeah. celebrations yeah. right there. So bringing it back. I like it. Yeah, here's
2: another shot here too. I think this next one is the interception celebration, and uh, Jair looked like his old self yesterday, and it was exciting to see those diving breakups. Look at him right here celebrating with the fans. You gotta love it, dude. Yep. Love that Ja is like back to being Ja. Let's hope it sticks, right? Let's hope it sticks. And I
1: think it could have been, gonna...
2: yeah, it could have all just been frustration from the back injury. And then right here, you're going to get a shot of Luke Musgrave all fired up. Tim, tell him what upset you about this one.
0: Rookie mistake, dude. They move. Look at him moving the net like jump into the stands, dude. Where is the Lambo leap? Like, bro. But hey, it's okay, you know, he's a rookie, he'll be back there. But he had look, he had full run, man. He could have oh, caught yeah. that in stride, jumped into the third row.
2: <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, Josh Martin. Thank you so much for the super chat, pal. We appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. United Bates, thank you for the super chat. He said, Nixon, I didn't know this. Keyshawn Nixon leads the NFL in kickoff returns. At a boy. Side note: Kickoff fair catch rule is garbage. Hot I mean, garbage. Completely Agreed. agree. Completely agree. Man, this game. That's what I was saying about how they. Just they overthink things, man. This game is good enough the way it is. The media overthinks it. Uh, the uh, the you know like like I said, the officials overthink it. The rules committee overthink it. Leave the game alone, man. The game is perfect. It's beautiful. Like stop trying to put more makeup on it, man. It's fine the way it is. Like. <laughs> Just blows my mind that they go out of the way to screw things up. But uh, yeah, that's
0: why but, I love Keyshawn so much because he ain't going to fair catch anything. No. Promise and, you that.
2: And immediately I, I'm thinking with Keyshawn, you hear those statistics, you think, okay, we just need to put him back on punt return and let somebody else play nickel. Hold the phones, my friends, because he had a game yesterday, according to PFF. And we've seen it in the tackle and we talked about it in the post game. But uh, again, thank you, United Base. Appreciate the super chat. Um, Carly Ray in the house says, Hey y'all happy win Monday. That's right. It's exactly what it is. So, uh, all right, let's get back to PFF here. Um, up next. Well, first of all, as far as the week by week rankings, uh, this week they had their best passing grade of the season at 76.3 and their best coverage grade of 83.6. Those were the highlights for sure. All right. So let's get into the offensive side of things against the Rams. Okay. At the top only eight snaps. Okay. Only eight snaps, but, Emmanuel Wilson, 91.0. pretty impressive, right? And and th- I believe in the preseason he had a PFF grade of over ninety two. Tim, if I remember correctly,
0: he so, he he had a big run like he did too, off off the edge and up the seam in the yeah. preseason as well. Um, yeah, man, something to be excited about there on on this depth chart as we look uh, at our young team. But yeah. I, I agree, good to see thirty one running that ball out there again, right?
2: Absolutely, and at worst case scenario that's your number three running back next year, right? Yep. Um, Jordan Love, 83.2, hands down his best game of the year. You love to see it. Um, obviously, he had 32 passes. His passing grade, 76.3. Running grade of 80.0 was very effective uh, out there uh, running the ball as well, you know, when when you have to, right? Um, again, my only knock against Jordan, and, I, and I'm almost, like I said, the second pass through the tape. Um, The big knock for me is he's a little reckless in the pocket. Clean that up. The accuracy was better. The timing was better. He was off on a few balls. We'll talk about it on Chalk Talk for sure. But, uh, yeah, all in all, man, what a great performance. Rasheed Walker, 76.9. Dontavian Wicks, 74.9, his best best game of the year. And check this out. He had 23 snaps. So you're getting up into that. That's a pretty healthy sample size, right? Uh, this is what I was talking about with Yash and Rashid. They pretty much split because of the injury. 37 snaps for Rashid. like I said, 76.9. Yash, 35 snaps, 74.5. You like to see it. Uh, A.J. Dillon, 71.5. Romeo Dobbs, 69.9. Elton Jenkins, 69.0. Luke Musgrave, 68.3. Zach Tom, 68.3. Sean Ryan, there he is, 66.4. Only had 15 snaps, but a pretty decent performance there. Tucker Craft, 64.3. Josh Myers, 64.1. I know everybody likes to, if you if you say anything negative about Josh Myers, everybody immediately says, well, look at his pass block grade. Yesterday it was Dookie, 58.0. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Uh, as far as the people that were underwhelming, John Runyon had 65 snaps, 42.3, pass blocking grade of 29 Point nine definitely took a step back. Um, yeah, so that's tough. And Aaron Jones had a bad game too, fifty five point two. You can see it in the yards per carry. Uh, but again, when you commit to running him, the defense has got to commit to trying to stop him and prevent those uh, those home runs, Tim. And I think that's really what opened things up. But what do you think about those offensive grades, man?
0: Yeah, I think they're they're pretty much spot on as far as what we saw. Um, you know, really, this we could have put a lot more points on the board, honestly. Uh, looking back at it. Um, but hey, we got enough to get the win. Uh, looks good. Um, 20 to three looks like a good, good final score. I'll take it. Um, but uh, yeah, Aaron Jones, I think that's, um, you know, get get the wheels going again. You know, I, I think the yards per carry will increase as his touches increase. And hopefully we keep this same mantra as we head into a difficult game in Pittsburgh because we're not going to beat them without running the ball. Without and we're going to have to effectively run the ball, uh, just like we did against uh, this Rams defense. Um, and you mentioned Aaron Donald was out there; they got some, they got some big boys up there on that uh, defensive front. So that's not to be taken lightly. We were able to manufacture a run game consistently, and that's the reason one of the main reasons why I think we won because it allowed us to open up um, passing opportunities. I mean, Josiah DeGuara had a catch for crying out loud running, running butt naked through the trailer park, as you would say, (laughs) wide open in the middle. Um, So, you know, you don't do that without a run game. Uh, We got a little help from Dylan. Dylan had a couple really good runs when we needed it, which is exactly what, you know, he's there to do. And um, you mentioned Emmanuel Wilson too. I mean, I think offensively, uh, yeah, clearly things are looking up. And how excited can you possibly get for Dontavian Wicks, man? It's the, the ascent is coming. Um, and it shows that maybe we do have a little bit of depth here at receiver. Um, Samari Touré was one of the guys I had picked to have a, have a breakout year. And I guess I swung and missed at that one. Uh, clearly he's, uh, trending the wrong way on the depth chart, but we did get to see Malik Heath there at the bottom. He got a rep, unfortunately had a drop, but, uh, Malik Heath is another guy that I think is worth, uh, keeping on your radar, uh, especially in the future, um, you know, as we uh, look at this receiving core. But yeah, man, guys stepped up. And I think a lot of this is, you know, we saw it with Romeo Dobbs, and we saw it with Jaden Reed. Uh, you know, they must have watched film last week, because I saw our receivers coming back to the ball uh, yesterday. And yeah. uh, Dobbs, Dobbs, you know, had a couple of really great grabs, um, just, you know, refusing to drop the ball, you know, going out there and making a play for his quarterback. Um, yeah, they, they know Jordan's you know, having some issues just like they're having issues of their own. Really? So they got to, they got to pick each other up. And it was, you know, it was really refreshing to see that yesterday guys, guys battling and playing together.
2: Yeah, I completely agree, man. And, and again, I going back, and watching the tape, the, the Christian Watson injury, definitely a really bad ball um, from, from love. So kudos to Watson for hauling it in. Uh, obviously he missed Watson down the sideline on that deep pass. And then the throw to Musgrave where everybody's making fun of Musgrave for stumbling and he can't keep his foot in. Go back and watch it again. The throw was late on the corner, and it was high and, and, like, directly over him. You know, you want to hit him in stride in the corner and possibly wheel it off with the sideline. Musgrave had to turn, contort, try to catch it, get back around, and stumbled and fell. So, um, again, Jordan's best game. And what's exciting is he still left some throws out there, man. You know, like, it's pretty cool. It is. Uh, I think I think he's got a lot of upside. Let's hope he can put it all together by season's in, and we come away from this season going, all right, he's the guy, right? But uh, mm-hmm. Robert Allen, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. He said, got my 20 Jones carries. How would it look? 3.7 yards per carry. I'll take it. Offense runs through Jones, dead stop. No doubt about it, man. And, again, they stopped him, right? They stopped him for 3.7 to carry. But by doing that, that's why you've seen some of that second level open up. Man, yeah. I'm telling you the – the orbit, I don't have the name wrote down. I haven't broken it the play down completely, but that play to Musgrave. The reason it worked was showing the fake to Jones, right? In the flat or the swing, then coming back and showing it to uh showing it to AJ Dillon, right? So it was essentially a a 21 set. So it was 21 gun trips right T slot. Oh, say that again.
0: Did you just say 21
2: personnel? Oh yes. 21-gun, right, trips right, T-slot, and the next the next lingo in that play call would be you would say T-slot orbit because he actually did orbit motion. He motioned behind the quarterback and yep. the other running back, and then it was you could say double flat fake, double swing fake, and if you'll notice, LaFleur had the right guard pull out to the right, right? And what that does is – the linebackers are key, and them. You see me catch that nat like the Karate Kid, bro. Come wow, on. nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Packers weren't the only ones that had a good game. <laughs> uh, so, when they pulled the guard, it made the linebacker bite, and you could see Musgrave sell it. Musgrave act like he's blocking, right, yep. for that swing, and then bang, he's off in the leak. I can't wait to show you all that play. It was it was a lot of fun. But again, yeah, twenty one gun trips right, T orbit, T T slot orbit and it would essentially be a uh, you know double-fake swing tied-in leak is what it was. So Set pretty- up
0: by those, those 20 Aaron Jones carries at 3.7 yards because that play doesn't work without the run game that we established early on.
2: And you'll notice early in the game they did some 21-gun double sidecar motion, and that really set it up. Um, so LaFleur was in his bag, man. And, again, I've said it all year – my, my knock on LaFleur has nothing to do with the passing game. He's scheming guys open. That's on love missing guys, right? My knock on LaFleur for the first, you know, three, four, five games was all this sifting, all this pulling, making the running game harder than it needs to be. The last two games, it's gone. I'm not going to sit here and say, I told you so. I hate it when people do that. But it's exciting to see a problem. Talk to it with my, talk about it with Mike Wall. Mike Wall saying, yep, Clayton, I'm seeing the same thing. And then a few games later, the sift is gone. Now the running game's moving in the right direction. Because, yes, Aaron Jones didn't have a great game, but A.J. Dillon had some really good runs. One of those runs we're actually breaking down on that opening drive uh, for Chalk Talk. I'm excited about that. So, Robert Allen, thank you for the super chat, buddy. I wanted to hit on this real quick. Uh, Ryan Henson said, deep ball accuracy. Hate bringing it up, but thoughts. Yeah, it's still a problem. You know, we just kind of talked about it, Ryan. Uh, and, again, it's not to pile on, but if you see it, you got to say it. And I say that with excitement because if Love gets that down, then he's going to have a lot of upside, Tim. Like, I mean, you you see, first of all, one of the things that's hard to teach a young quarterback, and not, not suggesting he's a rookie or anything, obviously it's his fourth year, but one of the things is keeping them from getting antsy in the pocket. He's the opposite. Like, that dude will stand in the pocket until he gets smacked in the mouth. That's a good thing. It's just you got to have that internal clock and know, okay, look, I'm cool with you hanging out for four seconds. Five, it's like, okay, you might want to, you know, six, what are you doing? Seven is like, bro, you're going to get yourself killed.
0: Yeah, and, and, and throw it to the cheerleaders if you have <laughs> <Right>. to. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's crazy. It, it'll come, though. I think it'll come. And deep ball accuracy is going to improve the minute he starts trusting that goal read. You know, when you see, you know, Watson take the top off the defense, you got to throw it the hell with look into your, your other reads in the progression. If you got mm-hmm. the, like you always talk about hat count, you talk about pre-snap read, post-snap read, you know, we have seen it time and time again. And it's not just scoot it's, you know, Jaden Reed, it's Romeo Dobbs. There have been times when they have their guy roasted. And for some reason, Jordan's back there patting the ball. And he's looking, he's scanning and he's, then he's looking back. And then by the time he throws it, yeah, what do we have? We have a receiver playing cornerback and uh, basically trying to, to break up a potential interception or something. So I think the deep ball accuracy will improve as he starts to trust, you know, that read on those long balls, man, because I would rather you just let that ball fly in rhythm and on time. And if that defender makes a play, well, Hey, that defender made a play rather than, you know, I I feel like maybe he's trying to be too perfect on some of those deep throws, and maybe there's that hesitancy. You know, he he did sit behind Aaron for a long time, and we know Aaron likes to protect the football. Um, you know, he you know we're not going to do the he doesn't take risks thing because that's been disproven multiple times, um, and you have to take risks as a as a QB one. Uh, but I do think Jordan has a you know his approach to the game. I think he stresses protecting that ball. And um, you know he's maybe a little hesitant to to launch it down the field on some of these, and I think if he gets rid of that hesitation and just lets it go and trusts it, I think we'll see an improvement.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so let's see here. There was something else I was going to hit in here. I think we got all that. All right. So angry casual fan says, "How much football do y'all actually watch? Deep balls are missed in every single game by every quarterback. They are. That's a correct statement." Um. I like to think I watch a lot of football, to be honest with you, bro. If you ever want to hook up offline, we can sit down and watch some tape together, break it down, chop it up. I'm totally cool with that. That invitation is always open to someone who wants to criticize other people, right? Now, what statistic do you bring to the table? What analytics do you bring to the table? What tape can you show me where Jordan Love is accurate deep? The facts are the facts. We're all Jordan Love fans. We want it to work. You kidding me? If it doesn't work, it's probably the most embarrassing move the front office has ever made in the history of the Green Bay Packers. You think we want that stamped on our fanhood? I know I don't, right? But when you look at the completion percentage deep, when you look at the off-target or on-target throws deep, Jordan Love is in the bottom three of the entire league. The facts are the facts. And again, we can agree to disagree, but how much football do y'all actually watch? That ain't going to fly in here, bro. So, just just saying. It's all good, though. Um. All right, let's do this. So, offensive, we hit on the offensive PFF grades, right? Um. Defensive yep. PFF grades. Let's move to defense. This was the highlight for me, man. You remember during the postgame show, I went around the horn and said, hey, who's everybody's player of the game, right? A couple different names got brought up. Um, one of them was Carrington Valentine, obviously. Played 58 snaps. Uh, To the best of my knowledge, he played every single defensive snap. That's cool. 84.9 PFF grade. Coverage grade of 83.9. Tackle grade of 75.1. Run defense grade of 75.9. Absolutely awesome game. Tim, I want to see this stack, dude. I want to see this game in and game out. Kobe Wooden had the 82.2 grade. Of course, he only played 15 snaps, right? Isaiah McDuffie, 54 snaps. PFF grade of 77.8, tackle grade of 81.8. He showed up on Chalk Talk this week. I'm excited to break that one down. Devondre Campbell, very quietly, 76.1. Obviously, had the fumble recovery. That helps a lot, too. Look at his coverage grade, 75.3. Tackle grade, 78.3. Run defense, 71.6. Looking like the old Dre. Uh, speaking of looking like the old uh, you know, person, Jair Alexander. 75.2 had a tackle grade of 80.6. I think we said he had six or seven solo tackles, Tim. Uh, dude, I love it! Yeah, let me, let me it. can I we get know,
1: a? If it's late. Uh,
2: That's what we want to see out of Jair Alexander, man. That right there, Keyshawn Nixon 70.5, tackle grade of 78.2. You love to see it, coverage grade of 70.1. Cool from there. Uh, Preston Smith, man, look at that coverage grade, Tim. <laughs> told
0: you, man, we, hey. Hey. we're deep. We're deep at corner. I told, I mean, oh, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you said that we've seen him in coverage, right? That one snap, yeah, he actually played according to PFF. He played, um, what was it, five, four or five snaps? Five snaps in coverage,
0: you and, know, it, it's funny because. <laughs> have haven't it's funny because we shouldn't be surprised man because you know when we brought him here we knew this about him that he was an athletic edge guy he's not necessarily just pass rush he's known for being able to to be athletic enough and f- fall back out there and make a play and we see him continue to do it so i'm just impressed i i, I would however like if going forward that our highest graded coverage guy is not our one of our edge rushers that would yeah. be cool. But um, hey, we'll take it, man. Looks great. Yeah. 86.3. That's that kind of stands out, right? Just, yeah. You know, Carrington Valentine right behind him, though. We'll take it. 83.9.
2: <laughs> nah, and, and again, we joke about it, but I, I I joke about it because so many people don't understand why he's in coverage. When he right. when you see Preston coverage, Preston Smith in coverage, most of the time it's because you're in a 34 base and they're running the cover three defense. So the only other option there out of your 34 base, if you're only going to bring four, typically you'll bring either Rashawn Gary or you'll bring Preston Smith. Which one would you rather sacrifice in the pass rush? I think I would rather sacrifice Preston Smith. And another thing, too, if you're dropping in the coverage, you're still playing a run fit. So if he's lined up, let's say he's playing that wide nine look, right, and he's trying to disguise it almost like a fire zone, but no one's replacing him, so it's not a fire zone blitz. It's just a simple cover three drop. If if he's playing that spot drop aspect of the zone defense, then he can fit the run fit and still get back, back and take away some of those underneath. The problem we ran into with Tay was you wasn't fooling him. And if you didn't cover him up, then Tay was just going to run a little choice route outside. So that's why you've seen Preston standing up on Tay. And then of course he just gave him the shake that would have shook any of us media mediocre athletes out of our freaking cleats. Um, so uh it's 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 one of the things that's necessary in a 34. 34- defense like I said I shared clips of T.J. Watt intercepting a pass right yep he intercepts a pass Mike Mike Tomlin's a genius immediately people were like you really comparing him to T.J. Watt nobody said Preston Smith is as good as T.J. Watt all I'm pointing out is schematically in a 34 zone defense you're going to have one of your edge rushers have to drop into coverage occasionally and you know, it just happens to be Preston Smith. But, again, 86.3, I'm eager to see what his coverage grade is league-wide out of uh, outside linebackers,
0: this, this is why he's here. This is why he was extended. This is why he's still a Packer. This is why I believe he'll retire a Packer uh, because of what he brings to this defense, you know. Um, you know, yeah. are we going to put Rashawn Gary out there in coverage? No,
1: right. no.
0: We know we know. Hey, I'll tell you what, we might be able to put LVN out there, too, when it's all said and done. Let's see how that development goes. Um, But there are guys that have certain roles and responsibilities and strengths and weaknesses to their games. And we want everyone putting their best foot forward. Right. You know, it's like we we talk about that with, um, you know, McDuffie. McDuffie is a, a run stopping, you know, middle linebacker. That's what he is. You know, and when you see him get a hand on a ball and make a PBU or something, it's great. That's an extra cherry on top. But we're not expecting, you know, Zay McDuffie to be a coverage guy with regularity. You know, that's Quay Walker's uh, strength, right? So we want to play to guys' strengths and get our best personnel on the field and let them do what they do best, man.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile.
2: Looks like Jair and Valentine are going to be a cornerback duo to be dealt with, and I like it. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to see how they're going to play off each other. And, again, watching Jair come across the field and dive and break those passes up, tip the pass up to Anthony Johnson, Jr. for the pick, come on, man. Like, that looked like old Ja there. And him tackling, come on. I can't wait, man. I can't wait to see next week just to see if he can put two games back-to-back, right, and that's when we're going to know, okay, the back's good now. Um, but, yeah. As far as Valentine, absolute stud yesterday. Let's see if that carries over. The other thing, too, uh, someone pointed out here, I think it was Deadfish, said Anthony Johnson Jr., 70.4 coverage grade on 36 coverage snaps. Good job. Absolutely. That's his strength, man, was that playing top down, playing top down in the quarters coverage coming out of college. And and they played a whole lot more cover three than quarters where he was in school, to the best of my knowledge. That's what I remember the scout junkies talking about. But playing top down against the run as well but in coverage that's that's going to be his big strength obviously and when you when you look at it man 70.4 right his tackle grade he's a, he's more of a free safety 27.2 that's not what he does right um i love the thought of rudy ford coming back healthy and putting him in the box with anthony johnson junior kind of playing yep. you know when they when they do play that spinner or they play that robber then you'll have uh, you know Anthony Johnson Jr playing deep Rudy Ford playing in the box hopefully but again i wouldn't be surprised if they just go back to Rudy Ford and and, and uh, Jonathan Owens that could be the case too but uh, you'll you'll get a, you'll get to see a healthy rotation like they like to do on this defense for sure the other thing i wanted to point out here before we get to mock super chat um let's talk about the negative right you see it you got to say it there's good there's bad there's ugly in every ball game whether it's win lose or draw uh, Devontae Wyatt 40.9 on 34 snaps um, tackle grade of 68.4. What you're seeing, guys, pass rush wasn't there yesterday. It, what I notice in Devontae Wyatt when I turn on the tape, it, and I've said it all year long, it's not like a broken record, he plays out of control. When he's after the quarterback, it's just he's rushing into other people's lanes. He's like a Tasmanian devil, right? If you're out there in a wide nine, that's a different ball game. You can do that. But when you're rushing on the interior, you can really create some gaps for the offense uh, Both for the quarterback to scramble uh, again, too. You know, there's there's passing lane responsibilities to a pass rush as well, right? Especially when you play a team that the last four uh, the last four game saturation of tape that you watch, if it shows they like to dink and dunk over the middle, then a big part of your pass rush game plan is let's make sure we're clogging those passing lanes. Devontae White, it's like he's completely oblivious to that. He's just putting his head down, doing spin moves, doing whatever, rushing in other people's lanes to. He just kind of plays out of control, and to me, that explains why he didn't get on the field last year as much, because you guys know, coming in this season, I was the one screaming, man, let's get him on the field. Let's see what he's got. It's obvious they were seeing that behind the scenes, so got to talk about that a little bit for sure, and um, yeah, TJ Slayton took a step back this game at a 56.3, tackle grade 66.8. Man, when he ran down that run play, Tim, I'm sure you've seen it. He came all the way across the formation. Big hustle play. Kenny only played 15 snaps. It sounds like that injury wasn't nothing major. But, again, Kenny right on par with where he's been all year, 60.2, definitely having a down year for sure. So um, let's see. Let's get to Mike Hebring real quick. Mike Hebring, will we ever see 52 over 70% of the snaps, 62% this week? It's always going to hover right around 65%, Mike. Yeah, we've talked about it over and over and over. That's their rotation, right? Look at Rashawn Gary, 36 snaps, right? Well, look at Preston Smith, 38, okay? So obviously the difference there is probably when they took Rashawn out for the penalty, Rashawn had a bad game. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, you know, his pass rush still a 72.2 tackle grade, 74.2. You're going, how's that a bad game? It's a bad game because he did things that are uncharacteristic of Rashawn Gary. He didn't mean the face mask penalty, obviously, right? The lining up offsides, you can't do that. Your veteran edge rusher, those mistakes can't happen. And he knows that, right? The coaching staff knows that. Um, but yeah, so as far as the 70% of the snaps, you're not going to see it with this rotation. If you do see it, you'll see it across the board, and it means they've changed their their approach to that rotation. They want fresh legs in there. You went out and spent a first-round pick on Lucas Van Ness. You want him on the field, right? The only way you get him on the field is you give people like Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith a breather, right, and put him out there. Lucas Van Ness, I'll say this, he's quietly putting together a pretty good rookie season, Tim. He showed up on Shock Talk, too. Where he uh, blew up a play in the back uh, in the backfield, absolutely annihilated a tight end. It was hilarious. dude. I mean, he threw him like we heard about uh, him throwing Josiah Aguara in training camp. It looked like that. Mm-hmm. It's like he started to rush. The tackle crashed down. He looked up as a tight like, oh, tight end, yeah. Wham! <laughs> threw him straight back. <laughs> went after the quarterback, caused a hurry. Um, but again, what you're seeing with him, schematically sound. Look at him, 68.8 right run defense, 65.8. Uh, tackle grade of 72.8, pass rush 63.3. He's one of those guys that when I broke down his tape, and you can get, you can go back and listen to the pod, see it on YouTube, and I did chalk talk on his college tape, what what I noticed with uh, with uh, Lucas Van Ness in college was he's always got his eyes in the backfield protecting against a run. He's one of those guys who's going to set an edge really, really good. Remember how he uh, tackled Justin Fields there in week one when he tried to scramble. You know, he's just one of those guys. He's going to, he's not going to play reckless like Devontae White. If anything, he doesn't play reckless enough, but he's going to try to prevent giving up those, that big yardage on the edge and not setting, not setting the edge and not, not playing gap, gap sound in the running game. That makes sense. So uh, I'm excited for y'all to see that play. But yeah, Mike, back to your question, though, man. I don't see it happening unless they change the way they approach, right? Um, Let's see here. Uh, Ryan Henson said Z, almost one defensive player of the year on 60% of the snaps. So um, something that, you know, it's been going on for a while. You just want to keep those fresh legs in there, you know. I would love to see Rashawn Gary out there 100% of the snaps. It's just not going to happen. It's unrealistic, I believe. So um, anyway, all right, cool. Let's do this. Um, Let's move on to – let's hit on special teams really, really quick, Tim, and then we'll wrap up. I thought this was cool. Your boy, Dallin Levitt, do it with me tim <laughs> of Dallin Leva, 85.1 special teams grade right tucker craft 81.6 uh ben Sims, 76.7 only five snaps though look at josiah Aguara, 72.5 eric wilson is one of the unsung heroes on this team i'm just telling you 72.3 for eric wilson isaiah mcduffie probably played every snap in that ball game tim he came out with a 72.0 PFF grade. That's pretty exciting stuff. And Zane Anderson, we got a Zane Anderson siding, 69.6, right? so He's
0: real. He exists.
2: Yeah. He he is not a uh, – yeah. <laughs> he's,
0: not, he's not an AI, we promise.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, anything stand out to you there that I didn't cover special teams-wise?
0: Uh, no, I guess other than the fact that uh, they must have missed uh, that whiff that Deguara had uh, on that kickoff late in the game. Cause I didn't, I didn't think he was going to grade as high as he did. I see him here. Yeah. 72 um, PFF grade overall. Um, I just, that play sticks out to me, man. He had a guy dead to rights and just whiffed yeah. nasty, but Hey, can't get them all right.
2: Right. Robert Allen said Pittsburgh in pit real evaluation opportunity. We will know a lot more after this one that's what's exciting. Like you've got to learn to embrace that. That's why I say that. I don't say that like trying to speak down anyone. That's what I had to do. It's like, okay, what's the reality of the season? There's a slight chance, a very, very, very slight chance we can make the playoffs if this team gets hot, right? That could happen. I, I'm not ruling it out, but really it's about evaluation and, and it's the game within the game right now. It's how does Jordan Love going to hold up against this Pittsburgh defense and TJ Watt, right? It's, how is the offense going to protect the football against a team that likes to create turnovers? All those things. It's going to be really, really exciting, man. I, and Pittsburgh is a great stadium to watch a ball game, too. Like I, I, I'm i already looking forward to it, man. The way that stadium sits on the river. It's going to be a little bit windy. We might learn a little bit about Andres Carlson, too, right, with that that open end of the stadium on the riverside. Yep. Get him out there, kicking in that wind, and see what you got a little bit there, right? So, um, Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm pretty fired up. I just love football, dude win loser jaw man there's a story being told and just don't let your emotion get in the way of you uh, understanding that story right and um and really figuring out exactly what's happening on the field that's what I always try to do um all right let's see what else we got here well let's see Paul Paul Robertson said uh Robert Allen facts going to be a low scoring rugged affair i would surmise yeah i would say you're probably right um I see Mike here one more time. Mike said the heavy rotation probably explains why the Packers got such a large discount from Gary. I'll tell you this when you look at the statistics, comparatively speaking, those sack numbers are down. That darn sure plays into the discount, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I'm, I would rather. You Know I wouldn't say I would have rather, but pressures are just as important as Sacks to me personally. But I think that probably did play a role. And I think Gary absolutely loves it in Green Bay, Tim. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, he put cheese on everything. The dude, I think he appreciates the fact that the Packers took a shot on him. And oh, I yeah. love how he battled back from that ACL, man. But I think it's I think it's nowhere but uh, but up from here, Tim.
0: Me right. personally, I agree with that. I think I see that too. I think Rashawn's happy where he is. Um, and I think you know. The rotation, you know, like to Mike Hebrings point, I, I I agree. I I would love to see more. I'd love to see him north of seventy percent, you know, seventy five percent of snaps. But I think that's going to be um, one of those things where, hey, if we can get hot and we can squeak into playoff contention or into the playoffs, and we're we find ourselves playing meaningful games here late in the year, oh, I bet you the rotation's going to change. And you know what I mean, like yeah if we, if we're in it or we find ourselves in the mix with a chance to, you know, compete here, I I think you do see his snap count go up a little bit, you yeah. know, maybe we'll see, you know, I don't know. I think at this point, I don't think it's ACL related. I think, you know, he's basically a hundred percent, right. He didn't, mm-hmm. doesn't seem to have any issues. Again, I'm not an athletic trainer or, a, or a doctor, but nor do you I mean, play he, TV, right? No, nor do I play one on TV, but, um, I tell you, I'm a pretty good judge of talent, and I think um, Rashawn's moving freely out there. He doesn't seem to be labored at all in his movement. He looks just as ferocious as he always has, Um, and I think he's just still maybe getting his his game legs under him here, you know, halfway through the year. Hopefully, we'll see a little bit more, and I think we will, but I'm with you, Clayton. I don't think it's going to be, you know, anything significant. We may see a few more snaps against Pittsburgh, hopefully.
2: Yeah definitely paul robertson in the chat says the over under for the pittsburgh uh, green bay game is 37.5 i'd lean under i could see that both these offensives have struggled a bit this year for sure um ryan henson says Steelers are a perfect evaluation for this team robert allen yeah and the weather could be a uh could be a factor um let's see larry in here larry always being the great person he is hey clayton where's jacob been is he okay jacob is doing good man um <clears throat> probably shouldn't even say it, but I, I, I will, because you know, it's almost like we're all family here. Anyway, we got an awesome group. Um, Jacob lost a good friend. Um, I won't get into the details, but a good friend of his passed away and, uh, he's dealing with that right now and, and helping his, his friend's family and, and, uh, that type of thing, at least plan the wake. And I don't want to go into great detail. I, you know, probably shouldn't even mention it, but Larry, I know you're concerned. That's, that's what that is, that, and he's, a. Uh, you know been real busy with work and stuff before that but uh it's mainly that right there now carly ray is going to feel bad for what she said because we always joke about this and jacob won't mind but i'm going to post it anyway jacob's got a lady friend right so <laughs> it's pretty much sums up uh sums up jacob it, this this is the running joke here around packernet anyway
1: hi i'm date mike nice to meet me how do you like your eggs in the morning
2: so uh yeah um i would much rather it be that than uh, him having to deal with the loss of a good friend because it's tough man they uh i've been there done that and uh like i said we'll go into details but jacob is an awesome guy jacob it will be a part of this show for as long as he wants to be a part of it um we always love his insight love his energy love his passion for the game and the packers so uh, appreciate you uh asking about that though larry you're awesome buddy definitely definitely appreciate that so uh all right cool let's do this let's uh Let's get out of here, Tim. I thought we would end it with uh, something kind of cool here. This came from Packers.com, just a quick video where uh, they basically – it's called – I think it's called Packers Daily – what was it? Maybe take – I can't remember what it's called. The uh, Daily Recap is basically what it is. But the guys over at Packers.com, they kind of uh, broke down the game and uh, thought we would just kind of end it with this. Togrel, we'll get right to your super chat here in a second, buddy. But here we go.
1: You guys continue to show up every day. You continue to work your ass off. There's a lot of great performances out there today.
0: First and goal, Gift Jones picks it right left side. He's the end zone. Touchdown! Showtime in the north end zone of Lambeau
1: Field. I didn't feel bad at all. I feel like I can uh, provide a spark or provide a boost. In. Uh, I feel like we came out and we moved the ball well. we got a faster start. Hey, anytime you hold anybody at three points in this league, that's a damn good defense. <laughs> Escape rolls right. Ball comes loose. Scooped up by the Packers. And it's
0: going to be Green Bay football.
1: Man, it feels good to win. I can't tell you how much we as coaches appreciate the effort of the men in this room. Packers snap the four game losing streak. A 20-3 victory over the Rams. Back on three. One, two, three. Back. <laughs> The Packers finally put together 60 minutes of complimentary football and they got the results they've been searching for. A dominant defensive performance stifled the Rams air attack to the tune of a 45.2 passer rating and the offense delivered down the stretch, possessing the ball for nearly 13 minutes in the final quarter. The numbers were good, but the win was most important. The Packers showed on Sunday just how capable they are of overcoming adversity. I think it's exactly what we needed. Swing it over the middle, Musgrave,
0: the end zone, touchdown, and a dagger.
1: You know, just to come out here
0: and put it together in all three phases, you know, offense played good, defense balled out, special teams were able to make some plays,
1: and it definitely is gonna help us, and we just gotta keep stacking. It. We have a really resilient locker room and guys that care about not only this game, but each other. Hopefully that's something we can build upon moving forward. There you go. They always do
2: such a great job with that man. Um so uh go go show them some love. Give it a click, give it a like on YouTube. Obviously, it's Packers YouTube page as well as um the uh, you know everybody on Twitter there. Wes Hockowitz is one of my favorite followers. You want a guy that's just no nonsense, fun loving, absolutely, absolutely loves the Packers, lifelong fan to the best of my knowledge. Him and Mike Spoffer do a good job. I love the fact that they they are who represents the team as far as the the media right there in-house, you know. Um, they just do a good job of painting the positive picture and removing all the trash and all the negativity, but uh pretty cool seeing that locker room celebration. All right, Tim,
0: man. I love that. I, I just, these guys are, they are, they're playing for each other. I like the, the, uh, the comment coach LaFleur threw in there too, at the end, I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but he said, we as coaches are proud of the effort of you guys, every one of you guys in this locker room. So for all you guys, though, these players don't they don't want to play for these coaches and it's a coaching thing. I i think the beef might be with uh, upper management. I don't think the beef is with the, the guys in the locker room. So we'll see what happens. You know, Pittsburgh's going to be the real test. Uh, everyone who said that tonight is absolutely correct, which makes me feel really good. Really good, because I think this team can respond. I really do. Um and if we beat them, the, the streak begins. I'm telling you right now, there's there's no reason that we can't go on a little run here and at least make it interesting.
2: Definitely. Togrel, thank you for the super chat. He said, dang, missed the show, but I'll rewatch, I promise. Hey, listen, man, we you know everybody's busy. We appreciate you swinging through, and thank you for the super chat. Mike Evering said, uh, thank you to Jacob. Uh, same with Mike, condolences, Jacob. Um, and Larry said, thanks for sharing. I get it. Um, I was away last week for an aunt's passing prayers to Jacob and friends family. Yeah. Sorry for your loss there too, Larry. We appreciate you uh, swinging through, but it's good to have you back, man. And of course, United Bates doing United Bates things, gifting a few memberships. And if he hadn't done this, I would have forgot to mention this. So uh, thank you for gifting those memberships. Um, Anyone who's a YouTube member, right. uh, Of the PTA posse, we're doing another Jersey giveaway this Friday or this sun, uh, this Sunday getting emotional here this Sunday during the post game show. All right. And it's going to be hall of famer, Dave Robinson. All right. So nice. Number 89, uh, green Beckett style hall of fame, Dave Robinson jerseys. So if you're not a member of the YouTube, uh, group, the PTA posse, just, just go click join at our YouTube uh, page, but it's a way for us to reward people who are supporting us. Um, you can only imagine what this autograph memorabilia costs, right? So let's not sit here and pretend like I'm making money off the of memberships. It's just when we started the channel and I seen, man, people really want to support us. This is awesome. We want to uh, try to give back. So with that being said, that'll be the giveaway this Sunday. Everyone who has an active YouTube membership uh, to the Packers Total Access YouTube channel, then we will uh, put your name on a wheel. We'll spin that wheel during the post game show and give away like I said, an autographed jersey of uh, Hall of Famer Dave Robinson, outside linebacker for Lombardi's Packers. Um, just an absolute stud. If you guys have never watched the ice bowl done by NFL Films, go watch it. You'll hear him tell the story about how Lombardi told him during the ice bowl, I don't want anybody wearing gloves. It's a big game. I don't want anybody dropping balls. And he looked to Dominique the uh, trainer and said, get me some Brown gloves. He'll never know the difference. (laughs) 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 Dave Robinson. Oh man. Some of the best soundbots come from that guy. Just. Oh yeah, for sure. And and someone who played the game during a time when racial tension was at its height. And, uh, just, just like Willie Davis just overcame every racial racial stereotype known to man. It's just, it's awesome to see those guys battle through that adversity and, uh, Comes- I always love
0: hearing the way they talk about coach Lombardi too oh, yeah. and what what he did for his players um all all backgrounds all races and you know yeah. he he knew Vince Lombardi always knew it was bigger than football and um he certainly took care of everyone who came came through this uh great organization so yeah. can't, that goes without saying but I felt like saying it
2: Yeah. You know, one of the other sound, I'm telling you, he's, he's a soundbite machine. He's got some of the best quotes, but another one he said Tim, was, he said, you know, I was raised uh, that, you know, told by my parents, by by men in my life, that you never let a white man pat you on the head. You never let, you know, nobody pat you on the head. He said, Lombardi come by and pat me on the back of the neck on the head. He said, man, I felt like a million bucks (laughs) (laughs) because he was so, you know, uh, just on fire all the time. But yeah. He's – uh it, it sucks because you're seeing all these greats time Thomas pass, you know, and you see them pass away, and it's just like, man. That's why I was a big defender of Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee show because it's like you get a – you get one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game going on once a week and just talking about the things he's focused on and this and that. And, oh. and I understand he can be a jerk. I got you. But, man – let me ask you this. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could go back and watch videos of Bart Starr every single week, talking about what he's seen, what he's doing to train, all those things? Yep. Like, remove the personal bias or whatever you want to say, the personal agenda you have toward him, the bad feelings, and just focus on the content itself. It's pretty amazing. So. Yep. It's, uh, love everybody in the chat going through, uh, going down memory lane here, talking about Old players, Willie – or not Willie Davis, but uh, Dave Robinson in the game. Pretty cool. All right, man, we're out of here, Tim. Thank you so much for your time, buddy. This was a fun one. Um, Covered a lot of information, and uh, I'm glad we got to it. So, again, everybody, make sure you join uh, the YouTube members uh, group there, the PTA Posse, and get yourself entered in to win that autographed Dave Robinson jersey. So, with that being said, I want to give a special shout-out to everybody with the Super Chats. You guys brung the thunder. Having yeah. X with the Super Sticker, Mike Hebering in here, just loading them down, dude. Always appreciate you so much, Mike. I love the fact that we have a lot of differing opinions and uh love the love the interaction on Twitter too, man. Josh Martin with the super chat, United Bates, Robert Allen, uh United Bates obviously gifting the uh the five memberships, and of course Togrel coming in here and uh and uh, giving a super chat as well. You guys are awesome. So with that being said, we're out of here. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day, as always. Let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back up.
0: It's power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. You come to tackle. You
1: take the defensive
2: end. If he's over, if he's not, he's down the first man who's inside. You pull back and him in. Take the first man outside. No one goes. you right by him and field him back. The YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. The YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. So look at this play, we'll be trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.